Get an all-access experience with player interviews, exclusive practice information, and post-game analysts with the source you can't find anywhere else. This is South Philly Sauce, hosted by Flyers Game Day host Ashlyn Sullivan and Philly Sports Radio legend Al Morganti. Welcome into our latest episode of South Philly Sauce and Odyssey Original, brought to you by Jack Daniels and 94WIP. We are recapping the weekend. We have a lot to talk about, especially for our guy, Al Morganti. How's he feeling? He wasn't on the broadcast Saturday, and people were clamoring for him, wondering if he's okay. <laughs> well, I'm doing fine. As you can see, I get a bit of surgery here on my elbow for biceps tear, but I didn't use any of the painkillers. I just used the Jack Daniels, and I've been fine. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's no no issues at all. But I, no. I was watching you guys. It was a great game to cover. I, I never, I don't know that I've ever done a game with three shorties. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I was jealous. You guys had a had a great event to cover. And Hartnell, really of course, did. yeah, yeah, he carried the day anyway. He don't need either one of us. No, he really he could do it on his own. <laughs> and it was funny. We every time we walked down for an intermission, and especially to start the game especially for the first intermission, it was like, all right, you know, this is kind of going according to plan. You know, we thought they'd be down. We thought they'd be outplayed. Like, all right, this all makes sense. And then by, you know, our third period hit, it was like, what is this team? What is going on right now? And that's kind of what our message was to fans is like, yes, they lost to the Dallas Stars in overtime, but they still got the point in overtime. And it was such a hard earned point, but there are so many positives to talk about from this game, because frankly, last season, I, Al, if you agree, that wouldn't have been a game. No, it wouldn't have, um, you know, unless the goaltender, well, it would have been Hart probably, would have been, if Hart's the goalie, maybe. But no, yeah. it was uh, energy. Although Ashland last year, because they put TK on the PK, it kind of started, and they now have a couple of uh, PK units, uh, which are to be feared, which really should bolster team, give them a jolt of energy if you can score like that. So although it was a loss, you get a point, pretty good Dallas team to go in yeah. against, but to me, I mean, that's a that's an amazing, that's an amazing comeback to come back with shorties like that. That's remarkable. And you know, if they, if they were a a team with more expectations, like if Colorado had done this or Vegas had done this, we'd be all over the place. Oh my God, look at this! How's it how going to stop this this train, this wagon? But no, because it's the Flyers. Like, oh well, I got to you know, I got a bit a bit of good fortune. Um, I suspect with the penalty killers they have now, there's going to be more than a little bit of good fortune on the PK. Yeah, and three shorthanded goals. Travis Konechny with two of them. And, and we even try to think of the positives. To me, one, it was the resiliency. It was them coming back. And that's what we had last season a lot, but even more so this year. And I got to think, top in the list is Bobby Brink. This is a guy who is here to stay. <laughs> His passes towards the net are so crisp. He plays with such confidence and when there's so many questions of who's going up, who's going down, who's staying, I don't even think Bobby Brink should be in that conversation anymore. I don't think he is anymore, Ashlyn. I think the beginning of the year he was. And yeah. uh, because you saw last year coming back off injury, is he? he's a he's kind of a, a different kind of a player to appreciate <clears throat> because we're now so used to speed in all sports. If you don't have a tremendous foot speed, uh, re, you know, everything. And he's not the most fleet, of, uh, fleet skater but he right. moves the puck quickly. So the passes across the zone are really good. Sauce passes are really good. And that's where I think he's, he's making himself invaluable. I suspected, I'm kind of surprised because I thought the real value would have been on a power play, but we're mm -hmm. seeing it throughout on the lineup on his ability to get things done. And you know, one guy goes up, one guy goes down and you have to take advantage of your opportunity. And it came knocking for him 
and he's taken advantage of that opportunity. And he's also one of those guys, Ash, and if I'm, you know, if I'm a, a winger or on a, on a line with other people, I'm kind of pushing to get on his line so I can yeah. get, I, I can be the one that gets some of those passes and kind of be the finisher on it. So I right. think he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's really become an important cog in their team. And I think, you know, other teams will scout now. They'll take some of the lanes away, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, they'll try to make force him into some errors and there'll be ups and downs with his career, uh, with the season. But I think we've seen enough to realize, you know, and, and you need a goal end of a game. He's a guy I'm going to say you're out on the ice. Right. And Joel Farabee is a perfect example of that. With Joel Farabee in that combo, it's paying off so much that Joel Farabee is with Bobby Brink. And Bobby Brink, kind of unselfish play, just getting it towards Joel Farabee to finish it. But yeah, I'm, if I'm a player in that locker room, I'm looking at Joel Farabee and his success and saying a lot of that is, is Bobby Brink being paired with him. Yeah, I don't know how to explain Farabee. Covered a lot yeah. of players. I've never seen a young player that that kind of plays old. Like, I, I don't know how to put it. Like, like everybody thinks he's well, everybody thinks he's he's this elder statesman, you know, like he's been yeah. there like a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and he's injury, but it's always like, oh yeah, well, well he, you know, give it a, he'll know what to do. He'll be the guy we go to. He's the guy that's gonna take care of the kids. And like, well, he is a kid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he's gonna be but he's gonna be that guy. Just, he just has this this like presence like an old yeah. soul presence right. in in, mm -hmm. a, in a young hip guy i mean i'm you know i'm sure he's you know he lives downtown has a good time uh, you know if, mm -hmm. you know if we're looking at you know taylor swift and kelsey maybe you know do a leap with farabee someday <laughs> who knows but he's, that, he's that, well no that oh, i would pay big money to have that going on and have jordan hall ask tortorella about dua lipa I would pay big money to be at that news conference to see what's going on. But no, he is. Are you all right? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be at that press conference. And I don't, oh, I'd pay big money to have Torts answer anything about pop culture. I want to be at that news conference anytime. Oh, but gosh. he's a young guy that has this presence of a veteran player who the players look up to and respond to. So I think putting a young guy with him, I mean, it makes perfect sense. He's like, he's been here, you know, he had the injuries, been here a little bit, but you go in lock him, it's like, yeah, it's, he's just one of the part of the, uh, part of the old guard already. It's amazing yeah. to me. It and he's is. not and dating Dua Lipa, no. No, no, we're not breaking that news. He might be, we don't know for sure. <laughs> no, we know that. he's not. <laughs> but Charlie O'Connor actually, he had a great article about that situation, not Dua Lipa, about Joel Farabee okay. taking an elder role. Um, and he was talking about, I didn't, I didn't know this, that Joel Farabee bought Coots's home in Old City. Old, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and well, I mean, they, yeah, they've all like, gone through that. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. a lot of players come in, well, Old City's a hip place, you know, it's, you know, cool to live there. It's funny that a lot of the young guys live there and then, then they move to Haddonfield or whatever once they, they once they have families. Yeah. And then they, I guess, uh, I think Risto's down there. There's a bunch of guys that are mm -hmm. down around there. So, you know, they, uh, they all gravitate to certain people's houses. Uh, Hazy was there for a bit. Uh, so yeah. they go in and you know, that's, that's, that's kind of, you can have team bonding stuff that you can kind of manufacture at times. Mm -hmm. But this is stuff that's just, go, you, you know, it's just grows out of nothing. It's like, this is just natural. This is the way it happens. Uh, this is uh, this is how a team gets close when you have things like that. And way back in the day, all the flyers were at, you know, a certain restaurant, certain bar or whatever. 
Now it's different times, different places. And that's what mm -hmm. you want to see. And that's the kind of the uh, culture is the word, the kind of the cliched word. That's what you're trying to grow, a tight team. And I, I know Torts has said it before, and I know they had to subtract certain certain players uh, to get a, a what yeah. he wants, what he would call a better culture. And I think they've kind of got that. And a guy like Faraby plays a fairly big role in it for a young player. Yeah, and a guy that's kind of taken it upon himself. I'm sure they're not being asked to do this, so it's been cool to see. And the article was talking about how he has a five-bedroom home, and right now every bedroom is with a Flyers player that they just like all live there and Wade Allison was there over the summer and Tyson Forrester and Bobby Brink come over the weekends and just a place where I guess the Flyers have apartments in Jersey near the practice facility. But when they come into Philly, you know, these young guys don't have a place to live and a place to stay. So really cool that Joel Fairby is. But you, know, you wouldn't want to live in, I mean, you're single. Do you want to live in South Jersey? You want to live downtown? You want no, to live downtown? I, I live in South Jersey. You don't want to be like me. Don't no. want to be like you. You want to live downtown. You want to make good time. You want to yeah. enjoy things going on. You want to be part of the city. After a Phillies victory, I'm wearing the Phillies hat again because it's been good luck. You want to be able to go to Xfinity Live and get home really quick. So good on them, having a good time and ma making the team a lot closer. Yeah, and that kind of leads us, not really, this is a bad segue, Wade Allison. Very interesting. <laughs> that is a terrible segue. I can't redo it though because we're already halfway there. Well, not as bad as not as bad as his segues been to the to oh, the minor right. leagues for the AHL. Yeah, so. and this is a guy we had questions about. Was he going to make the team? He ended up not making the Flyers team. But kind of a guy that we always knew we were going to see again. But so far, not so good for our guy Wade Allison. Yeah, I don't. I would bet you're not going to see him again. And I think part of his for those that weren't up to it, he's got demoted. Of, fourth line, whatever, Ian LaPerriere, who's coaching down there, had some mm -hmm. harsh words about his development. And I can sort of understand this. When he's been there a bit and you see young players come up and then you are sent down, you really, you really have to work hard at keeping your confidence up and keeping your attitude right. Yeah. And I don't think that that's happened with him. So as a result, uh, you know, is his um, star has fallen pretty far. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would guess that He's not, I think he senses he's not a part of that future. Yeah. When we mention a brink, when half of the conversations people have with the Flyers are about players that are in college or in Russia, yeah. and you're not even mentioned anymore. It's like, okay, it's time to go. And then nobody took you in wave waivers. Like, man, you, this might be the last chance saloon for you. you. You better pick it up down there. Right. And a guy like you look at, you can handle it two ways. And we always talk about how Cam York handled it how he was able to kind of take that blow. I mean, that's an ego blow. That's a confidence complete shot and make the most of it and get back up here. And I know for Cam York, that was a really hard journey that he still talks about. Yeah. And for him, he wasn't uh, that far along in his career. I think as Allison has been through yeah. so much with injury. Um, mm -hmm. but part of the problem with him, frankly, is he's hurt a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's bad available. luck, on, but you're unavailable. Other guys take your spot. It's just, it's, 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 it's why players play hurt. Can't play gotcha. injured, but you can play hurt. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's something like right now we're seeing Ristolainen still on injured reserve. And there's questions of when he's going to return. And you see these young guys like an Andre, you know, playing and Azamula and all these guys. And, and you wonder for Ristolainen, he's got to be saying, get me back out there. And, but we don't really know the extent of his injury. So it's hard to just put that pressure, but yeah. And he'll, he'll come back in. He will be, he's a physical player. 
uh, when he's healthy. They have the luxury now of being able to give him that extra time. And yeah. it kind of works in their favor to take a look at the kids early in the year. But I think if this continues, if this isn't uh, a sugar rush with the, the way they started the season, uh, then they, then all the, if they start to feel like, you know, we really might be hanging around toward the end of the year, he'll be in the, they, they won't give those kids that same chance. He'll be in that lineup all the time. Right. And that kind of leads us to what's coming. And right now it's so early on in the season. And right now, yes, the Flyers are they're first in the Metropolitan. And I was at the Eagles game and fans are coming up saying, oh, my gosh, have you seen the Flyers? Wow, this is so exciting. But I guess I have nothing to compare it to because I didn't start with you with NBC till last December. So I missed. Yeah, they were doing the good till you came. Yeah, I know. I'm such a bad luck for everything. <laughs> fans. As soon as I leave, they make the playoffs. But. I guess I, I say it with hesitation because so many people have said, well, they always start good and talk to me, you know, at the end of November, because that's when you really see. Yeah. But the difference here is the optimism, optimism isn't with the record. The optimism is with Brink. The optimism mm -hmm. is the seeing young defensemen that are starting to play. The optimism is seeing Sandheim all of a sudden a horse. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, th that's the difference. It's like, you know, how, how you know, how, how could he, how could that happen? How, how, how can he turn from a whatever into a horse <laughs> over the summer? And that's the difference. It's not the record. It's the way they're playing and the, the individual players and the young players. And the fact that they are actually have one eye on developing players. That's the, mm -hmm. uh, that is why I think people are feeling far more positive about the team than in the past. Right. And it was not frustrating, but you still get the occasional fan. I'm sure you get it too. I had a fan come up to me yesterday saying, well, well, why are they doing, you know, this is completely going against the plan. Why aren't they losing? And it's, it's no longer like that because they do, like you say, have all the eyes on the young players. It's not like they're just blind to this and saying, we're just going to ignore the future because I think they're balancing it pretty well of still trying to win and having the eye on these young guys. They're not just going to go out and lose. And I still don't get why fans say that. It drives me nuts. Well, because it's, um, you know, you don't get the number one draft pick anyway. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a lottery. So you might, you know, one in whatever the percentage is, it's ridiculous to, to say you're going to tank a season. Bedard goes to Chicago, didn't go to Anaheim, didn't go wherever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it's kind of absurd. Um, and, you know, I'm not one that believes in much metaphysical, but there is karma. To, yeah. to and 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 I mean you know it is it just just could happen a guy could land in your lap who who knows if Carter Gauthier coming up is going to be that good the kid at the University of Denver is going to be that good uh, Mitch Kava obviously so you can't just keep if you keep sending the message that it's okay to lose you just can't you just can't send that message to your locker room which is why yeah. having Couturier and Atkinson back is so big uh, to have it back and to have guys that the the kid because it's going to get rougher. Look, they already had one horrendous game, right? It was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. Just a terrible game. Yeah. yeah, just and so you want to bounce, you want to bounce back from that game, and they did it. And that's that's what you're leaning on. That's what you want to happen. You don't want acceptance of of losing to be okay. Oh, it's no, no big deal. No, you just you might lose, you just can't be comfortable with it. Right. And Tuesday, oof, <laughs> if you want to call this a measuring stick game, yeah, this is it. Going to Vegas, the defending Stanley Cup champions who are undefeated at this point of recording. Um, it's going to be tough. And, you know, you, you want to see how the Flyers respond in an incredibly hostile environment. Yeah, Tuesday is, um, 
It's an amazing day in the NHL. Uh, I never thought I'd see this. I mean, every single team playing from, was it 6.30? Every yep. 15 minutes, another puck drop, ending with the Flyers puck drop at 11 o'clock here uh, against uh, defending Stanley Cup champions. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, I think that I, I think it's neat to, to have that going on. I, you know, I, I hate my I watch a lot of games. Obviously, you watch a lot of games seven o'clock. You have to go back and forth. Well, this is great. This is every 15 minutes. Another yeah. one. And the Flyers will be, of course, the last one. So you'd be up mm -hmm. late watching that. But it's a uh, it's going to be a good test. It's a Vegas is tremendous. I mean, they're just they're just solid all the way. Their depth that they have and they've changed goaltenders uh, in, the, in the in the recent past and come up and win a Stanley Cup, a really young franchise, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the most amazing part to me about this particular matchup is it's two of the best fourth lines in hockey. This is why I always said, if you're a team like Vegas and you have a fourth line like they have uh, with Wah and there's two line mates there, they're really, really good. But the Flyers who really don't have any realistic aspirations to win a Stanley Cup also have a fourth line that you throw out there like that. And it just yeah. shows you wherever you are in the pecking order of the NHL, those guys remain really important. You saw in mm -hmm. Dallas what happened. I don't know who hit a young player. A player was hit and then immediate re response, uh, immediate response, just absolutely boom. And people say, well, that's just, you know, old. It's, it, that doesn't happen anymore. Well, it does happen. And yeah. guys, guys like that are really valuable to a team. And the Vegas has it at their level and the Flyers have it at their level. So it should be a good go. I mean, you know, Vegas might cool off a little bit, but boy, I'll tell you, <laughs> watching them play, Flyers better beware. You're never safe against them. The puck goes behind the net and they generate, they generate plays behind the net like I've never seen uh, to mm -hmm. chase it down. So it, but I got to say, I know if I were playing that atmosphere in Vegas, I'd be all jacked up to play in that. It's just, it yeah. just looks like, I mean, I, I would, I just wanted to go out to see that big sphere that they have out there now yeah. to, to see what, to see what that's like. But I think you get an energy from that. So it'll be, a, it'll be a good test for them, whether they win or lose in the thing. I don't think they'll get blown out in this. I think no. they'll be up to the task. Well, I think if you see something similar to Saturday, to Dallas. I mean, we're going to be honest. We didn't have expectations that the Flyers were going to go in there and just whoop them and win big. You know, we thought it was going to be a struggle. And it was optimistic because you took takeaways from it. And I think at this point of the year, that's what you want to see against these really good teams is can we make a list of three to four positives? And Sam Arison's one that we didn't even mention. I mean, we expect to see yeah. Carter Hart and Nett on Tuesday. But Sam Arison, gosh, he was shaky at first. And we're like, uh-oh, here we go. And completely was able to cool himself out off and calm down. And now you feel pretty good about your goaltender depth and a backup that really held his own against a great Dallas team. Yeah, I think he did this last year with Carolina, I think. Played horrible got, and then came back and played great in the same game. Right. right. <laughs> to come back and play like that. So, I mean, you know, that's what you want from a goaltender. He doesn't get – goaltenders are um, – you can actually read body language. It's a, it's, it's a scary thing with goaltenders. You don't want to, after a goal, you want to see them up, you know, very up, up straight, like uh, kind of defiant rather than yeah. slouch shoulders or whatever, or going absolutely nuts. Uh, like, well, Carter Hart lost a couple of years ago, banging the goalpost. And that's when you know, oh man, this is, this is not going to end well because it's such a mental game. And he right. looks like he's got that mentality that he can get through that. And that, it also doesn't hurt when you're uh, when you have a team that takes penalties and then could get that PK to get going. But it would be nice to be more um, 
normal and score on the power play and not rely on the shorthanded goals. <laughs> right. That'd be nice. Just a nice calm yeah. goal once or twice in a while. That is nuts. Three shorthanded goals. And I, yeah, it's just, it's their specialty. And I asked Scott on the post game show, it's like, why are they so good at this? Like, I don't understand. Cause they were even good at it last season. And the Flyers team is so different this year. And even Scott was like, I don't get what's going on. Like, I can't even tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, whenever you have a, I mean, I can go all the way back to prop and pooling back in the day. There's certain, there are certain um, combinations that work. I, I always thought Konechny could, but you have to be, it's got to be risk. You've got to have guys willing to take that risk to do that and turn it into offense. And they've got guys that are willing to take that risk. And you have, I mean, you have somebody that, you know, obviously the combination, oh, well, I'll cover up for you. You know, you got somebody that has your six o'clock. So if you've yeah. got that, you, you've got, okay, I can, I can do this. And once it gets going, once you get some confidence in it, it makes no sense whatsoever that a team could, uh, you know, the whole sport, when you look at it, you're playing shorthand, you know, in, in soccer, if you take a man out, oh my, it's over, right? But yeah. in this game, it's like, well, we can, we can get that energy. And some teams actually generate more offense I think because they're just more more willing to just take the risk and make sure somebody's going to cover up for me. And it also helps when you when you trust the goaltender that you can do that. Right. But there is no science to it. Yeah, there's no there's no. no and it's no, um, you know, no there, there's certain guys that yeah, certain guys that are really good at it. But it's not something I think you want to go in and say, let's play shorthanded. We'll have an advantage. No, we'll just if it happens, it happens. But it's not the game plan, guys. Yeah, and it's working so far. And now we're going to see, you know, how this Flyers team responds to really tough competition on Tuesday night. And our next episode will be Thursday, so we'll be able to break that down. And now I hope you stay out of the Jack Daniels, all right? I will, <laughs> as soon as I get this off, actually, might have another one right after this. You know what? If you're not feeling good, just pop one. It'll be okay. <laughs> no problems. Oh, gosh. All right. Thank you for tuning in to South Philly Sauce and Odyssey Original presented by Jack Daniels at 94 WIP. We will see you next time, and Al will have hopefully a healthy arm by then. Probably not.